Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. They're kicking off another week of action by giving all new customers a can't-miss offer right now if you use the code PHNX. And bet just $1 on any football game this week, you'll receive $150 in free bets instantly. Johnny, Frank, guys, it is officially Urban Meyer versus Cliff Kingsbury week. According to Kingsbury, two wildly successful college coaches going head-to-head, which was a pretty funny moment. Uh, He said successful, too? Successful head coaches? He was college coaches? Correct. He was so Cliff Kingsbury's thing is to wow. be as self-deprecating as he possibly can. So it was funny. It was really funny. It was when he was asking a question about Urban and he was like, You mean two wildly successful head coaches college coaches? Yeah. Self-awareness like that you cannot buy. That's no, fantastic. I agree. That's I fantastic. loved it. Uh, but with that being said, uh, you could certainly draw some parallels to the situation that Jacksonville is in right now to uh, the situation the Cardinals were in back in 2019. Cliff Kingsbury coming into the league, Kyler Murray, a rookie quarterback, and Trevor Lawrence, a rookie quarterback, Urban Meyer, you know, coming into the league as a head coach in the NFL for the first time. Yeah, I. it's interesting. When the Cardinals hired Kingsbury, a ton of pushback, right? And then I, I don't think Kyler Murray's here if Cliff Kingsbury is not the head coach. So knock Cliff all you want, and they're off to a good start this year. I do think that whomever else they would have hired, they would have talked themselves into Josh Rosen. So if, if we can thank Cliff for anything, it's that Kyler Murray is here. I also think that their situation was substantially harder than what Urban and Trevor face in Jacksonville. The AFC South is hot garbage. It's a terrible division. We saw it two garbage. weeks ago. Tennessee's like the favorite. Indianapolis is 0-2. And, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars are really not competitive. That first year with Cliff and Kyler, they exceeded their over-under win totals via Vegas. They were competitive in almost every game. They won five games. They only lost 10. They had that tie to open the season. And a lot of people thought, rightfully so, the team was trending up. And for the most part, the talent they had on that team was the same talent the year before when they had the first overall pick. And really all that changed was Cliff and Kyler. Urban and and Trevor don't even look the part so far, and I think that that's what is frustrating because Cliff and Kyler, you know, say what you want about Cliff, they made it look much more seamless when he came in the NFL. It has been ugly so far in Jacksonville, and I think it's only going to get worse on Sunday. I like what I see. I like the conversation you just stated in regards to how if Kyler wasn't in that position or if we didn't draft, if we didn't sign Cliff, we probably wouldn't have kept Kyler. Mm-hmm. I like that conversation. Yeah. I think that is absolutely true. I think Steve Kime got a pass tremendously that offseason, some things that happened personally, and then that was kind of the wash effect of having going out and getting the new up-and-coming mind of an offensive mind of a coach in Cliff Kingsbury who hadn't been successful in college, but yet he had coached He had coached Johnny Manziel. He had already dealt with Kyler for a little bit. So in that conversation, that was a good pick and a good, and a good uh, fit coming to the Arizona Cardinals. But what I do think is that Jacksonville and that conversation, what Cliff and what they had over there, I think I think the back end is still to be determined what Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer is going to bring to the table today. I agree. And honestly, they still face, regardless of how they stack up against other teams in their division, they still face some of the same growing pains. And I don't ever remember having the thought of, oh, wow, I'm shocked at how well – Kingsbury and Kyler are doing they had a lot of growing pains so much so that heading into year three 
we're talking about Cliff on the hot seat and things like that. And through two weeks now, you know, obviously they don't have their, their, their stuff together in Jacksonville, but I think there's still enough room for, uh, you know, growth and, you know, give it to time, give it some time to see where it goes. Yeah. I will give grace. Absolutely. I just think that a lot, you can't tell the story of Cliff Kingsbury's Cardinals. However, it, it ends, if it ends this year and, you know, half a decade from now, without talking about the NFC West as a whole and the coaches in the division, all three of which have been to Super Bowls, one of which has won a Super Bowl in, in Pete Carroll, and he's probably going to the Hall of Fame. And then you look at the AFC South, and you could make an argument that Houston, I, I know they're one and one right now, they're more dysfunctional and in a further rebuild Absolutely. in Jacksonville. Absolutely. Indianapolis, I think, is in QB purgatory. And when Trevor does figure it out, Good point. they'll be a better team just by default. And and then Tennessee, you know, I think they're limited with their coordinators and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with Tannehill and that kind of thing. But by the end of the year, like, it could con be conceivable, assuming Deshaun Watson is done, that Trevor's the best quarterback in the division. Kyler entered a division with Russell Wilson at the peak of his powers, yep. right? Yep. You know, the boy genius, Sean McVay, and then, you know, everything that's going on with Kyle Shanahan, and they've rebounded. So, And they went to the Super Bowl that year in 2019. So I just, this mirrors to me, they have a situation like when Bruce Arians and Andrew Luck took over the Colts that first year and they made a run to the playoffs. I thought that they could do that, Trevor and, and Urban this year. They have looked too far the other way. And Urban, in particular, looks, looks unprepared. I also, and, and just to compare them again, I mean, I know just wildly different situations, but I don't ever remember there being like this huge question about whether or not players were getting along with Cliff. And I think maybe some from, from the outsider's perspective, some of the things that they were doing, uh, fans had their own opinions of, oh, well, that's not going to gain garner respect or, you know, those kinds of things. But I don't ever remember hearing like, oh yeah, the players just don't like him. And again, I'm not in Jacksonville but I have heard stories of Urban just not coaching in a way that players are responding well to in the National Football League. In the NFL, there is a tremendous difference on what they do with regards to how we receive a college coach to a coach that has already been proven in the NFL. A college coach coming in, you typically think he's going to be rah, 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 shish, boom, bah, because he spent – Majority of his lifetime coaching in a, on a college level, trying to recruit recruit high school 17, 18-year-old men right. yeah. to come play in a program. And I'm trying to get you away from a five to 25 other programs. Mm -hmm. So I'm a sales pitch salesman the whole way I am. Hey, son, look, we got this. We got that at Ohio State. We're doing this. We're doing that. I can make you this. As soon as this kid leaves. So he's selling. In NFL, once you get a contract, you're not selling me on – Coming to your here, coming to to your team. I'm already here. I either was drafted, or I signed as a free agent through my agent, and we agreed on a on a term, money wise. And I'm Frank Sanders, and I'm a grown ass man, and I might make more money than you. One hundred percent. And I'm oh, I might be older than you, right? Because when Cliff came in, you were, I was there was probably twelve guys on the team that was older than him. And I think that is a conversation where when you see things like that, you start finding out that. Coaching in college is rah, rah, rah. In the NFL, I don't trust you, coach. I trust my teammate. Mm -hmm. And I trust if you got a game plan that needs to be uh, to be executed on Sunday, I'm going to say it like it's supposed to be said. Don't bitch up when we got when we got competition. Don't, don't be that dude. You come from college, this is not that moment. These guys on the other side are really playing, really playing real ball. And right now, my right tackle needs help. If you're not trying to figure out to help my right tackle, now you acting like the guy I don't need. And that that will cause a trust issue. And so that's when you see if you have a veteran quarterback, fortunately for Cliff, he came in, and fortunately for Urban, they got rookie quarterbacks. So at that same time, you're learning like I'm learning. We're figuring this out the same way. And I think that is a challenge. And I think Urban has that, and he has to, he has to keep saying, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm capable of. I'm just having to learn what it feels like to coach a guy that's got 15 million well, and what it feels like to talk to another guy that's worth 7 million and I'm only worth three. Cheers to your point. I've already heard stories about urban at camp with a megaphone, just like he did at Ohio state. I, and yeah. like, that's not, that's yeah. Guys yeah. Like, hold yeah. Up, calm down, bro. Whereas yeah. Cliff, 
I think people were concerned with the opposite. Like he'd be too lax. Like we've talked about like the cell phone breaks and people mm -hmm. made fun of him for that. Uh, what I will say on behalf of Cliff Kingsbury is that unlike Urban Meyer, who had five-star recruits every which way, and, and you can, you know, push back on Cliff, mm -hmm. well, why didn't you have those players at Texas Tech? Cliff Kingsbury would not have been able to get a DeAndre Hopkins at Texas Tech. Or, I mean, I, he had Patrick Mahomes, but for the most part, a Kyler Murray, these elite playmakers, right? Rondell Moore would not have gone to, to Texas Tech. So I think maybe Cliff can do more with less compared to Urban Meyer. You might have a point. Um, I did think it was interesting that uh, Vic Fangio came out today and said that Urban made a comment to him saying every week's like playing Alabama in the NFL, which I thought was at first I thought was funny. But then I was like, would you really want like you in, in the NFL? Like if you were on, on the Jaguars, like, would you really want your head coach like like? Yeah, no crap. This is whole different. This is professional. That's like, his only reference. But that's his only reference. I know. Point. Because I it was he knows that. When you're at Ohio State or you're at Alabama and most universities, um, there is what, 107, 110 mm -hmm. Division One schools, more than likely the top 20 that's consistently the top 20, they will only play on their schedule maybe three teams that they really feel they had to work to win that week. That's right. The other eight games, they can put second string and third string in by the halftime. And Ohio State has been the privilege of that, especially in the Big Ten. Absolutely, he's he has not he has he hasn't had the coach every week. That's the difference in the NFL. You got to coach seventeen weeks. You have to show up for seventeen weeks. Every NFL player that's a rookie or a young guy has to realize that's the shocking part. That's why when you see guys fall off and you see guys struggle, it's because they don't have the mentality that. This is 17 weeks. Usually 17 weeks mean you got to the national championships in, in, in college. That's like 14. I think it's 14-0, yeah. 15-0. But you still got three more games to play and then the playoffs if right. you make it to the playoffs. So to me, I think that's something that Urban said. It was absolutely right. There are nine players on every NFL team, offensively and defensively, and even on special teams, that are the best of the best. And they're playing, and, they're, and these are dogs – men that are paid high money that shows up and they show up for four quarters. And there's a, you can, you can tell the difference between the teams that show up to play for four quarters. And you can tell the teams that don't because the NFL really will expose your weaknesses. And urban right now has a chance to really see it because honestly, Alabama, no one, and I'm an Auburn guy and I hate to say this shit, <laughs> but Broke. no one holds a candle to Alabama when it comes to their five-star recruiting and how Nick Saban gets his guys ready to play for every game. See, Frank's got his teal on today, and I'm a little oh. bit concerned. That's bad juju before Sunday. Bad juju. <laughs> what are you oh. thinking? <laughs> you know what? I was uh, I was drinking more than thinking. I had to say this. <laughs> Were you out playing golf today? I did not get the chance. I was actually at the office, and then I decided oh. to have a little bit of swore away a ride around had some time to kill in this moment and i showed up with some cookies and some goodies and here we are yeah you did uh bring me some candy so i appreciate that there you Thank go. You. all right this is a cardinals show but we don't need to poo poo on urban meyer anymore because you actually have a soft spot and I a really do. cool story a, con a connection with urban meyer yeah so i grew up in illinois central illinois and my alma mater right went to school and studied broadcasting was a university called illinois state university and coincidentally it's my hometown Right. And my father was a, a longtime high school football coach, was mine in the in the state of Illinois. And he was actually a grad assistant at Illinois State in 1998, the year I was born. And they had a new assistant coach that year, a new position coach. I think he, he coached receivers and his name was Urban Meyer and he didn't have a place to live. And so the head coach at the time went to my father, who's a GA and my hmm. my parents were married and they owned a home. And he said, hey, do you could this guy come live with you during the season? Are you kidding me? No, it's a true story. He lived in his basement. And I'm so sorry, he I'm moved in our basement, and I was like a newborn for that football season throughout the fall. Urban uh, Meyer held you and kissed you I don't know what the hell he did. I, 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 I wasn't around, but. <laughs> Johnny lived with Urban Meyer. I did, what? yeah. For, look it up. Uh, what? It's legitimate. Um, that is so fly. And my father, and he, he kept in touch for a little while, and I was telling Cheerson, you know, our football team did really well my senior year. You can get us tickets. No, I can't. <laughs> you can get us tickets. <laughs> You he's can he's get probably really tickets. pissed right now. You probably don't want to hear from anybody. But um, so, yeah, I want to see Urban do well. And I, I do think that when he was at Ohio State and Florida, his teams would would finish better than they started. They would always kind of be in some tight games with like 
you know, the Minnesotas of the world and the Indianas. And then by the end of the year, they were, they were humming that year that they won with Cardell Jones and Zeke. Yep. They, they played much better mm-hmm. down the stretch. So I do think they'll improve. I just hope it's not this week. I like, I, I'm going to say this with, I do like urban. And I think that he, he's in a good position to, um, he's in a good position to learn. Yeah. He I, honestly is one of the coaches who can call another peer who has so much success at the college level. He can call Cliff and find out how to make that transition from the NFL, from from college to the NFL. Probably, As yeah. a successful coach from Why are you college. Laughing? To, you well, because Cliff, Cliff's joke is Does that Urban he was successful. Does Urban respect Cliff Kingsbury? Wildly I don't know. Successful. I don't know about that. Now, that I, that I would say he probably – he I, honestly, I think that's a great question. He probably respects Kyler Murray. You know what? You think that, I, you think that our, our listeners would probably have a comment on that? Do you think Urban Meyer – respects Cliff now that he's the rookie and Cliff has tenure as an as a coach in NFL. I think Urban's like, you son of a B. Okay. If I had Kyler Murray and if I was in Arizona right now, we would be, you know, Super Bowl favorites. I think that he <sighs> probably believes that. Whether that's true really? or not, I don't know. Yeah, probably. Look, Cliff Kingsbury got, yeah. was was not well thought of in the college ranks. Very true. <clears throat> and he was going to be the offensive coordinator for USC and then bailed on USC. And I know Urban has ties to USC. So he Probably doesn't have any love loss for Cliff for doing that. So he just Cliff has a big target on his back, and I mean, he does. when, when he, he was really hired does. in Arizona, he couldn't put together a defensive staff. Kime mm-hmm. got in touch with Vance Joseph, and Cliff was really brought in to just mold and develop Kyler and to get the offense going. And he's developed, and he's much better now. And I hope he has success this year. But I mean, it's Urban Meyer is like collegiate royalty, and Cliff was fired by his alma mater. I mean, that's all you need to know. Jacob, do we have any comments? No. Okay. Shane says Frank looks good in teal. What's the subject? Shane. <laughs> Those are trader colors. You're never welcome back in well, the studio again. <laughs> here's the beauty of this color right here. It looks good on me. That's it. That's it. Just looks, looks good on me. That's looks, it. Looks, I'm not supporting Jaguars right, right now. But however, when we get to that moment, I'll tell you what I really feel about the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know how you, how you feel And about I will it. definitely ex- explain I have tremendous trepidation about this week, and I know there's a question on the table about a trap conversation. Yeah, but I'm gonna hold that. How's that for tease? tease? Until we'll see what's going on. We are definitely gonna get there, but first, there is another interesting head-to-head. So not only two wildly successful former college coaches, but Isaiah Simmons going up against his former teammate at Clemson, Trevor Lawrence, and Isaiah is stoked about uh, getting the chance to possibly. Uh, tackle Trevor and uh, kind of, you know, get in his way a bit. And he talked about it today at practice. Yeah, I mean, this is this is stuff we talk about in college, you know, like you always talk about, you know, oh, if I played you, this and that would happen. And, you know, now it's finally going to happen. So we're going to see uh, who gets the better end of the stick. But, um, yeah, you know, it, it's always fun playing against your friends. Um, it just brings like a different level, level of competitiveness. Um, I'm gonna try not to talk to him because you know these refs and these new taunting. <laughs> I told him I was like, just messing with him. I said, you know, uh, I was like, throw me a pick or let me get a sack. You know, just just messing with him. And he was like, I got you, but uh, no, nah, um, no. Nah, me and Trevor are really good friends. Um, really looking forward to playing against them finally. You know, other outside of being in practice. Throw me a pick or let me get a sack. That's funny. I mean, that's that's fun, and it makes it it makes the storylines and you know getting to watch the game a little more interesting. It does, and I, I think there's um, it's a beautiful moment, honestly. Like, so you you gotta imagine like you go from little league to high school to the NFL, college. Excuse me, you go to little league, high school, then you you're in the college, and then you unless we was in the same high school and same college, or excuse me, state area, you tend to say. You know, I got, I got, I got recruited here, and so now I'm here, and you, we're both here together. But then we go through this process of three years, and you normally can't get into the NFL until after your third year, and then you both of both guys get drafted, and now they have an opportunity to play against each other. That's a real cool moment. But then you start realizing that you're competing against a friend of yours, and the only time you really get to be a friend is pregame warmups. And so you make the you make the initiative to go out, shake hands, hey brother, how you doing? Slap on his back. But when the clock, when the clock strikes and it's time to go play football, it's all football, and it and it becomes everything you knew 
that were weaknesses that you didn't pay attention to when you was in college. Did you have a, a moment where you went up against either a former teammate or a friend for the first time and you were like, heck yeah. So, funny thing about it was when I, we played the Jets and there was this, um, there was a cornerback that came from a small school that I, that I ended up playing against at, at the Blue and Gray game. And so at the Blue and Gray game, he was like, hey Frank, I really need to, I need to be seen. I'm like five foot eight, um, but I'm really fast. I'm really quick. It was the Jets. I can't remember his name. Right? I apologize for that. But he was the Jets' first round pick. He came out of a, a small school, and that's at HBCU. He was the number one. He was a cornerback. But the conversation was, I need, I need, I need to go against you in practice so they can see I can cover big receivers. And I said, okay, bro. I tell you what. When I come up, I'm gonna call you. And I called him out, and, and I did it two or three times. And we went out and we practiced, and we went against each other. And he kind of made his plays, and he got a chance to do his thing. And it was really cool. And then when he got drafted by the Jets, and he was a first round draft pick, and then we went against each other in in the pros. That that in itself was really cool. I mean, everybody I played against the first that went to out of the SEC, either we had beat my my last two years in college, we were pretty pretty dominant. We were ten one and one my my senior year, and we was eleven and zero my junior year. And so when you look at those numbers, my last two years in college, I was pretty pretty spectacular. Can I say that? That's pretty spectacular. <laughs> and then I got drafted and blah, blah, blah. You can blah. talk about yourself well, in it's any just, way you like. It's hard to do it. Well, your 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 story is, is Very hard to kind do. of what Trevor Lawrence is going through right now, where yeah. you're at the pinnacle of college football royalty. <laughs> and, it's, yes. you know, you're, you're winning national championships and you're competing every year me. for division titles. And, <laughs> and then you get drafted by a franchise. That Sucked. is a perennial loser. I mean, let's just yeah. let's he call says it, perennial, like let's number call one. spade a spade. <laughs> You're the number one loser. And so Trevor's having to deal with that for the first time. I think like last year yeah. or maybe the national championship from two years ago was his first loss ever. Yeah. And so now he's losing regularly. So what does that do for his psyche? But back to what you uh, suggested with with the two standouts. They're part of Clemson royalty. One won the Buckus Award, that being mm -hmm. Simmons, and then of course Trevor Heisman winner, national championship winner, one of the greatest college players of all time. So it's it's a unique dynamic, especially because Cardinals only play the Jaguars. I think like every four years mm -hmm. they rotate the division. So you know, hopefully these two get to face each other again as a member of their respective teams. But we don't know. We don't know who's going to be coaching the Cardinals in four years. So all all that to say, I, I do think that. You can tell they have a close relationship. Both are like extremely intelligent, super high football mm -hmm. IQs, and they come from winning programs. And I, I think that that's, that in terms of their talent as well is why we can expect great things at this level. And we're seeing that, especially with Isaiah, through two weeks. It, it, it makes a difference when you come from a great program that you get a chance to kind of play with elite talent. You get to evaluate yourself in practice. Then you get to see that this is what it's like every week on at the NFL level. And then you start having to transition that because you know what it's like. You know what it's like to really start. You know, you know the days and the weeks where you can show up that you can dominate, and then you know the days and the weeks that you got to come to work. But there is the beauty of being an alumni. There's the beauty of the history of college and the rivalries. And then the NFL has kind of gotten away from that because the rivalries that was created was based upon the players. It wasn't necessarily the cities. And now, right now, it's not. It doesn't have that same. It doesn't have that same lore that it had back in the days. But in truth. Because players are because players are trading, you know, players are free agents now, and they're changing teams so much, and so therefore you don't get the lock in on that. I know for a fact Larry's going to be here for the next twelve years, and he's going to kick somebody's butt. Well, if Larry's contract wasn't signed, and Larry might be on, the, on an opposing team, he might have been to the Rams, and that could have been a problem. That's historical problems of the past. Now, I mean, it's pretty cool that we get a chance to see how these guys are kind of developing. They're going to develop in front of our eyes. We're going to see Trevor Lawrence develop. We're going to see Isaiah Simmons develop, and then hopefully they can carry some kind of sense of moxie of carrying the, the NFL torch of saying you have to play at a high level in order to be at this level, and you can't shortchange the work because it takes 17 weeks. And I think that's all a fan that is invested in the NFL. I'm invested in my team now for 17 weeks, hopefully that we make the playoffs. I still got preseason games, but in truth, Every fan that's invested, want they want to see the coach show up. You want to see the guys that you believe and that you're a fan of to show up every week. And hopefully Isaiah can do that this week versus one of his teammates. Cardinals are seven and a half favorites on the They are on the DraftKings Sportsbook, Sportsbook app. app. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, is, can you... <clears throat> 
can you give us some more insight onto some some things within this game that maybe we should bet on? Yeah, the one that sticks out, like the most egregious one, is Chase Edmonds over under 46 and a half rushing yards. He's eclipsed that in both games so far. He is he had single digit carries on Sunday against Minnesota, and they got away from the run, and they've got a beat up offensive line. We talked about the injury report. Kelvin Beecham's out. We don't know about Justin Pugh. I think we're going to see a conservative effort by Kingsbury, not a conservative game plan. I think they're going to run the ball, especially with Kyler Murray taking three sacks last game. Jacksonville can't stop you know, a nosebleed. So I think Chase Edmonds is a lock to go over 46 and a half yards rushing. I, I think he's averaging almost five and a half yards per carry this mm-hmm. year. He's been exceptional. He's instant offense when he touches the ball. I think this is going to be a very like meat and potatoes. Like Cardinals may not be on Sports Center for the top play of the week, and that'll disappoint some people. But they need to be able to have a performance that they're just going to assert their will because they have more talent, and we need to keep Kyler Murray clean before week four against L.A. So that's my bet. Okay, that's your bet. And as always, though, same-game parlays will allow you to combine multiple bets for a bigger payout. That's where you get your money. So this week, if you place the same-game parlay in any NFL game, um, you're going to be credited up to $25 if your bet loses on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Um, as always, 21 and over, Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And again, the Cardinals are 7.5 point favorites in this game. But Frank, you think it's all trapped. I do. <clears throat> Let me tell you something. I know about the 7.5. I hear that conversation. I remember in 2000, and I only remember this because I looked it up. No, no. I remember in 2000 when we, when the Arizona Cardinals went to Jacksonville, all tail stadium, to play the night, the night, the 2000 Jaguars, and we got our butts handed to us. They were they were just a five year removed from expansion team into the NFL since 1995. We thought we can go down and smash them. We thought we, you know, they didn't have that. They didn't. They didn't have the power that we thought they had. Shit. Excuse me. <laughs> Keenan McCardo, <laughs> Jimmy Smith, Stud. Mark Brunel, Fred Taylor. This is not that Jaguar team. Whoop the brakes off us. So let me tell you why though. Just do this for your own self. Go back and watch the Jacksonville Jaguars in the first quarter of the first game they played. Just do the highlights. And then go back and watch them play the Denver Broncos. Big improvement. In the first, big improvement in the first half. They made no mistakes in the first half. Trevor Lawrence looked amazing. In the pocket, he just sat. I, I think the conversation that they probably, he's only been sacked maybe four times mm-hmm. the entire NFL, the last two weeks. That's it. And so the offensive line looked like studs to me. Of course, Denver made second half adjustments, mm-hmm. and then they finally got to him, and then he finally started releasing the ball a little earlier than he needed to and he made he made mental mistakes he did that in the first week the same thing and it's not it's not easy to make those adjustments because the nfl is not easy however from one week to the next i saw a quarterback that sat in the pocket versus the denver broncos von miller and that beast of a defensive line he sat in the pocket mostly not even touched not even touched and he had receivers dropping balls throughout the throughout the first half just go back and watch it and then tell me if I'm wrong. If they don't make that adjustment, then I'd be surprised that they're not ready for the Arizona Cardinals defensive line coming in and ready to play. So what's it? Okay, so then what's your definition of a trap game? Because mine has always been that it's a game that a team thinks should be an easy win and they kind of overlook them. So is is that Correct. are we That's talking right. about the same definition here? We, we are, but that would that only really works in college. No, that no Cardinals did that last year. Trust me, <laughs> they had no power to believe they were that good. Nothing. There was nothing about the Cardinals last year to prove that they were that good. They can walk in and whoop I anybody's agree with that. ass. I do think that None. they under Kingsbury they they play up and they play down, and so I could see that outside of they just played down to Minnesota. And they had did a they poor play per- down? Yeah, but did Minnesota a, show up? They had a Minnesota perfor- showed up. They had a poor performance. Oh, no. They had a poor performance defensively. I think if they would have treated Minnesota and won the way they did in Week One against Tennessee, okay, I think there'd be some truth to what you're saying. The, okay. the spread would be even bigger than seven and a half. Well, did, did they should not have won on Sunday? According to a lot of people, I don't feel that way. Well, here's the conversation. How about this here? Maybe Tennessee didn't show up 
when that's, the Cardinals got fair. when the Cardinals got that's there fair. because we thought King Henry won for a thousand yards in one game and he did not do it. He only had less less than a hundred, which no one thought they could do it. Mm-hmm. However, but the following week they give up five sacks. Yeah. Every NFL team has to show up. And if we go back to that Detroit game from last year, look, the coach isn't a, the coach isn't a punk. He knows how to create great defensive schemes from the Detroit Lions perspective, and that's all he did. And he and he and he. And he and he showed Kingsbury up from all the great defensive plays, great defensive calls he made last last year. So I'm saying, watch it. Just just go back and watch Jacksonville's first half. I, they're they're not as bad as see, public perception. I agree. I, with you. I'm not worried about the whole team. I'm just watching the young quarterback because as he goes, they will go. Sure. And without his two, without his interceptions in the first first game of the season, and and in the second part of the second half of the season, second excuse me second half of the second game, you will see a different quarterback. You will see a change. He looks really, really good. Just go back and watch the first I agree. half I think, of the Denver Broncos. I think it's good that the Cardinals are playing the Jags. I agree. Week three, than week 13. I agree. I agree 100%. And I think that right now there are enough question marks that you feel okay about their chances, better than okay. I think the, there are Cardinal players that still need to improve, <laughs> that they can prioritize this week, like a J.J. Watt, some of the other defensive linemen. And what I also just think that like you go position by position, it's not close. Outside of I don't even know what position I would take on Jacksonville over the Cardinals. Maybe somebody in their secondary. They they took C.J. Henderson last year in the first. He's looked pretty good. Outside of that, every position I would I would check the box for Arizona. I I agree with you on that. I'm just saying, but what you can't check is the fact that the underdog is showing up. Right, and, and they're, they're telling me that we're the underdogs, but I'm showing you that. If you go back and watch the first half of when they showed up for Denver, that offensive line protected the heck out of Trevor. And Trevor made a lot of good throws. Guys are dropping balls. I'm not so – let me tell you something, folks. He throws the ball down the field. He has no problem. There's no check downs. He's not playing this, 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 this Jared Goff game where you just can't get the ball down the field. He is letting it ride. He's showing his arm. He's making throws. So to me, and watching the growth of what took place, again, I'm not going – Look, Minnesota showed up. They they're not a team not to not be reckoned with. Right. Minnesota showed up to play. Once you saw that they, have, they Cardinals, have better players though. They do have they have they do have better players. But I, I'm 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 telling you. I saw 44 to 10 in 2000. And they kicked us all across the field. It was a long ride, a long flight. But well, I'm telling not you, not to mention last last year the Cardinals got off to a 2 and 0 start and then lost to the Lions. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely happened in recent history. But also, you mentioned uh, uh, C.J. Henderson. He, right now, is dealing with a groin injury. Mm. He's questionable for Sunday's game, and they just signed a cornerback uh, to a one-year deal just in case he's not going to be able to go. So they there just, you go. They don't have the horses. And if the, if the Cardinals do not turn the ball over, I think Kyler had three mm-hmm. picks in that Lions game last year. That's why I think they're going to run the ball. I think they're going to be semi-conservative. They want to get out of the game healthy. They want to win no matter the score, and they want to focus on L.A., and I know there are people in that building that are looking ahead to that game. And that's a mistake because of what Cheerson just said happened last year against the Lions, being 2-0 and losing that game. Then they lost the next week to Carolina. Yep. So I just this if they want to be perceived as different, mm-hmm. then they have to take care of business on Sunday. I agree. Although I think the majority of these players are on the the injury list, um, be just for more so precautionary reasons, it's worth noting how many players and who is is listed? So today, um, the guys that did not practice are Kelvin Beecham, DeAndre Hopkins, Rodney Hudson, Chandler Jones, Corey Peters, Justin Pugh, and Marco Wilson. And two guys were limited. Yeah, I know. And two guys were limited. That's AJ Green and Devon Kennard. Today's what? Today's Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry plans. about that. They got plans. Well, Don't that's worry. why I said I, it, it, the, <laughs> I. I feel like. Don't worry about It's that. most likely precautionary, yeah. but it might be. I mean, did anybody hear anything about DeAndre Hopkins' ribs? I nope. mean, nothing. But don't worry about that. He'll. He's look. Wednesday in NFL is like Tuesday in NFL, which is a is a walkthrough kind of practice. It's yeah. it's it's a it's a revamping of the what we did last week to hey guess what we're gonna have to focus on this new team a new scheme a new game plan and these are the new these are the new 75 to 125 players we're getting ready to perform against this team so, and everyone and except really like marco wilson they're all <clears throat> veterans too so it's yeah. like you get a little nick like you know yeah the, go. yeah the league's pretty i feel like yeah right now. specific to kelvin beecham because they missed him last week mm-hmm. right. at 100 percent. i feel like 
for one more week, you let Justin Murray take that spot and you get Kelvin Beecham ready for Aaron Donald and, and the and the Rams. That's what I would do. Uh, I would not rush him back. They have quality depth on the offensive line. They, they, they need to play better. Finally. I don't worry about Finally. the offensive line because Sean Kugler is such a great offensive line coach. So they'll get that remedy. But that was mm-hmm. one of the bigger disappointments to me was how they performed on Sunday. I didn't, I didn't expect that. Well, I think we all might have called it Kyler Murray, NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Didn't we all say that? Didn't we all predict that? I think I pushed back just oh. to be different. So, yeah. yeah well, yeah, your conversation was you just don't – it would be hard to see him come back again. You said you was 50-50. If he, go for, if he goes for four touchdowns and one rushing – then one out of doubt. But we didn't count the picks because he did well, throw he the picks. Well, technically better week one. I know he had less yards week one, <laughs> yeah. but he didn't have two turnovers. He didn't have a pick six. He did not. I didn't I didn't expect him to get it. Turns out um, you gave an eight out of ten, and he should have been graded higher than that, huh? <laughs> he should have been graded higher than that. I, I didn't <laughs> – look, I didn't see him uh, – I didn't think that he could repeat that. I didn't – again, that's not saying that he couldn't repeat going four and one or three and one and then having the picks. Um it is, it is hard. Let me just explain that. It's very hard NFL to repeat um, repeat what you did one week because the other team has studied the film with the intent to stop that. Mm-hmm. And that's the part where you just don't see um, you being able to just – you have to take it quarter by quarter by quarter by quarter to see one, one game, the first quarter of last game, D-Hops might get two touchdowns, he might get one touchdown and three catches. But after the second quarter and the third quarter, they double team him, and then you can't see him getting the catch, but you see everybody else. But it takes away D Hop's numbers, but it doesn't mean that we're not being successful offensively. So it goes back to Kyler's the same 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 situation with Kyler. What they do in the first half of the game changes immensely from what they do in the second half. That's the beautiful thing about the NFL is that when we go into halftime, it is one hundred percent like NASCAR. We're changing tires, we're changing outfits, we're getting more more drugs put in us. We're getting our mindset totally different. We're figuring everything out that we did wrong in the first half because of jitters and figuring out what they do and what they don't do against us. By the time you get into the second half and the fourth quarter, the narrative changes completely. Coaches go into prevent. Some don't go into prevent. They're up by two touchdowns, and that in the conversation changes. Are we running the ball? Are we not? Are you being conservative, coach? Are we being aggressive how we was the first, second, and third quarter? So to me, I mean, that – is always on the table when it comes to, you know, the NFL. And you have to pay attention to that when it comes to if a guy's going to be the NFC player of the week or the NFL, you know, he's going to be MVP or can he repeat that performance? That's not always easy. Well, it doesn't matter how teams are able to look at the film from the week before and adjust when you've got a guy like Kyler Murray that's so good yeah, he, at scramble situations. Yeah, yeah. And that got brought up uh, today during Cliff Kingsbury's media availability where – um, you know, somebody asked him, like, you know, with those off-schedule plays, does does that bother Cliff at all that it's not, like, you know, the play that he called necessarily? And he was like, I don't have an ego when it comes to play calling. You thought that was a weird comment to make. Um, but then I followed up and asked him, "Is have you always been that way of just not really having an ego? Or was that something that you learned to just set aside over the years? And this was his comment back. When you coach Johnny football, you just take the wins as you can get them. You don't worry about being on time for meetings or um, showing up for practice some days. You just get them out there Saturday and let them go and collect the check. So I learned at an early age. He said collect the check. You got one like that, just let them go. Maybe we're seeing a little, uh, a few reasons as to why Johnny Football ended the way Johnny Football did is because he didn't have the. He was already in the NFL, apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was already in the NFL. Coach said, collect the checks. Look, <laughs> let me tell you something. There are many times where okay. players, once you win, everything changes. But the second part about it, I'm not saying that he was getting paid. Just know that. I'm just saying that there are scenarios when you oh, he was Cliff getting paid. Was, well, yeah, I'm saying. Cliff said that yeah, Cliff he was, was getting co- his coaching paid. I know, I'm talking about, but I, that's, I wanted okay. to make sure it was, you know, because he said you just collect the checks. I, and then John didn't have to come to practice. He didn't have to come to work. Just throw him out there on Saturdays. That's the NFL. Guys might not practice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, get on a plane, get their Saturday rehab, and then Sunday, he's on the injury report the all entire week. But he get there on Sunday, and then he becomes the beast. 
four touchdowns or five sacks or three Didn't Plexico Burris do that? He did, he never he never used to practice at all. Same thing. I mean, Larry Larry has Larry practiced very little. Mm-hmm. The NFL protects the guys that are Hopkins. have vet, yeah. veteranship. They do that very well, which I wish I was in this timeline. I probably would have finished with 15 to 25 years. I don't have that now. So, but it just it it just makes the difference on recognizing that can my guy show up on Sunday without practicing? Is he mentally prepared for the the game battle without necessarily going through the rehearsal? And some guys can do that. And for coach to say that, I thought that was pretty. I thought it was pretty funny. However, I did I did have the pushback that said your ego's not on the table. Like because I'm so talented, your ego's not on the table. Everything about a coach is rehearsed. It's always script. It's always scripted. You think they got there's about a, there's probably 200 plays on that big old portfolio that's sitting in front of them. There's 200 plays and everything has a scenario. First and second, first down, first and ten, second and seven, second and five, second and three. Then it goes third and one, third and four, third and ten, third and twenty. Then there's four down plays. There's fourth actual plays for fourth down. No matter what the distance is, then there's red zone plays, and then there's there's like you know for, we need to get first down plays, and there's hail marys. So we're going through a ton of scripts. Everything in the NFL is scenarios, and all we practice during the week is scenarios versus the defense of what we've seen them do, regarding to what they've proven to be in scenarios. If a team is on third and ten, they tend to become more of a zone defense and not a blitzing. On second and five or second and seven, they're more of a blitzing team. And those are just percentages. That's why Vegas is great. That's why Johnny V is pretty amazing at what he does. So he'll tell you guys these facts. He'll give you information that tells you these stats what is of what a team right. does. But it's the truth. Just, I'm saying it's not. It's not like it's not hard. It's yeah. exactly it's exactly what happens in the NFL. I'm giving you facts. Do you yeah, believe? But, do you believe Cliff's got an ego? One hundred percent. To me, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure he has a little bit of an ego, but to me, that just sounds like somebody who's admitting, listen, I don't know everything there is to know. I'm not always going to come up with the best play every single time in the situation that's, you know, going to move the chains or, you know, cause us to score a touchdown. So listen, if you want to, you know, improvise or extend a play or use your feet to, you know, create another opportunity, then, uh, then I'll, by all means, go for it because at the end of the day, he's still going to look good for it. I and we talked about this before. He's created a culture in Arizona where players want to play here, and you can't always say that about former Cardinal coaches. I mean, sure. you can't beat Tom Coughlin in twenty twenty one. Joe Judge is experiencing that right now in New York. Yes, there's a reason Rodney Hudson was traded here and then signed an extension right away. Correct. DeAndre Hopkins agreed to an extension right away. Um, so those kind of things speak volumes to, the, I think what players believe in cliff and yeah, he's not on the, the elite level, certainly in the division, but I think Monday through Friday guys like playing for him. It's just, can he get it done on Sundays? But so I agree with you. I, I, I do think that he's the son of a, of a military sergeant, military family. There's a misconception because good looking guy, you know, certainly the draft incident two years ago, I don't think helps his perception. And he probably regrets that. Awesome, no, yeah. he loves pretty, he it. Loves it. So? Heck he yeah. loves Heck it. Yeah. I, I would do that right now. I would do it every every draft I do it. I do it from a plane. I do it from a jet. Well, that tells didn't me that. He, didn't yeah. he like do, do it again? I do like, it. Didn't he? do it from an air uh, balloon. Yeah. I do it from Luke Air Force Base on a on a F-35. Hell yeah. He loved it. What's your question? Yeah, he loved it. Go I with. feel like he recreated that at some point. Wear Maverick um, shirts. I don't know if it was Top again gun. during the draft or whatever the case was, but he for for dang sure. I would bet he regrets doing that. He he was the one that set that up. That was totally like posed. I, but now I poll think it. based on let's figure it out. Poll it. Let's figure it out. I, well, I have the I have our poll results from earlier. We can get to that here in a second. Yeah, over two hundred people have voted. Um, poll it. I do think that at the time you probably thought it was a good idea, and then. They had the season they had last year, and they crumbled down the stretch. And I think it's just maybe for like inner coaching circles probably didn't look great. So also, I posted that to Twitter, and there were some comments. And again, I mentioned this where a fan's perspective of like they just don't think his approach to coaching is going to 
you know, resonate or should be the the way that a head coach in the National Football League approaches everything. But some people took it as, well, you know, your team's undisciplined, you need to bring up penalties right. and things like that, and maybe you should, um, you know, be a little more strict in some regards. And there was, it, it, that comment also rubs some people the wrong way. Yeah, people look at him and then they see the, you know, issues on Sundays where they're undisciplined in certain areas and they're like, correlate that because pretty boy football and you live in paradise valley and you have this amazing setup and you're single and you're good looking and yeah yeah you got you got gifted this nfl job and you're not you know cut from the same cloth as these other coaches it doesn't bother me as long as they win i don't care what he does or how he how he's perceived publicly they're putting up w's on sunday and that's what will cure it this year if he gets his team to the playoffs all that will quiet down it does change the narrative i said before is that you're like you you guys were we talked about it and I say this here. Players trust each other. As long as they know the coach got their back, that's that's a night and day difference. This is not college. The rah rah rah, shish boom ba. Tell yeah. me I gotta get up and I gotta I am getting penalized for coming in late. I gotta run stadiums <laughs> and come on, son, win it for the gipper. Don't get that's that's over. No. The I'm I'm looking gipper. Yeah, I know. Well I'm just I'm looking at the guy next to me and I'm saying, Bro, did you uh Is like, the guy next to you a gipper? What no, is that? No, it's that's like a, that's, that's, a, that's an old saying that was like, you know, you win it for Was that Notre Dame, maybe? Yeah, that's like a Notre Dame statement was. That's an old school statement that is used like you gotta win it beyond yourself. Win it for somebody else. Okay. Give your best, give your hardest. And that was the rah rah rah. But in the NFL, guys don't do that. We trust each other. I need to know that J V is showing up that it was although he went out and partied and got smashed and hammered, but on Sunday night he showed up and he balled out. That's what I do all day before I come do this show. And guess what? He balls out every time. So that's why we keep him because he know we know he's he is premier, one hundred percent on point, no matter what. When the lights come on, talent is right there. Talent over work ethic. That's 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 my mo. That's that's where we are right now in the NFL. It shows that it doesn't require four days, which we did back in the days, three of day practice. What some of you people know, one hundred percent, we did consistently up in Flagstaff. We knew that. Now these guys got on shelves. They're not necessarily dressed up all the time. Some guys are practicing. Some guys are not practicing. And that's where they are right now. And it's all about what can you do on Sunday, Monday, and Thursday night football when the lights come on. That's the only thing that matters. And that's the only thing that matters to Vegas. That's the only thing that matters to when we're doing what we're supposed to do. And when the, when the betting is really on the table, that's the only thing that matters at that time. Will he show up on Sunday? What does the injury report says right now? We don't worry about that. Sunday, when he when he hits that field, will he will he give us two touchdowns, or will he give us four touchdowns and a rushing touchdown? Fantasy football is a big conversation right now, and that on the table draws us to what makes the NFL great. Because I just need to see my I need I just need to see my guy show up on that day, and when he shows up, all is right with the world. Speaking of fantasy football and the DraftKings sportsbook oh. app, I'm going to. Bring it, uh, bring Johnny back in here for some more sports betting before we move on to the poll. So, is there any any more knowledge, additional knowledge you would like to drop? On oh us? man, what do you guys think Kyler Murray's prop bets are this week? Do you, do you have a specific prop bet in mind for Kyler Murray? Do you know what that means? Yeah, I do. I, I think Kyler. Okay. Well, what are they on the app? Well, I'm yeah. going to ask you, what do you think his QB props are this week? For, for let's go passing touchdowns. Three touchdowns. What do you think? Oh, I think it's more than that. I think it's. You think it's more than three touchdowns? Wasn't it last time? Last week it was four. No. Well, that's that's what he finished with. But the over under. What do you think the over under? Oh, I still is? thought the over under was four. Um, I'm still gonna go four. One and a half. One and what? a half. Wow. Wait, so he only okay. has to. He's got to throw two. Two. Got to throw two. And then you win money. Mm-hmm. You win money on the DraftKings sportsbook app. There you go. It's as easy as that. That's right. And we all seem to think he will throw two touchdowns. I I, I think he'll throw more. I just I, I maybe just, they'll all be rushing touchdowns. That might me. yes. Yeah. Does, <laughs> does, That's what I'm saying. Is there any props on his rushing as well? I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Look, I'm taking. I'm I I watched. I studied and watched Jacksonville. I see the opportunity where there is more than three touchdowns. I, I see it where it's more than one point five. Yeah, I do see that. Um, I just don't think it's a 7.5. I just don't see that. He is second in the NFL in touchdown passes right now. Who would have thought? And second in mm. passing yards. First mm. in the NFC. Who would have thought that? Who would have thought? And also, if you want to get in and in on any of this, sign up on the DraftKings Sportsbook app using the code PHNX. You're yep. going to 
after placing just a one dollar bet on any game, you're gonna get one hundred and fifty dollars free bets instantly. So go do that. Um, and you had some you had some poll answers. Oh, so we, you want to get to the poll results? Absolutely. So we posed this to the PHNX Cardinals Nation. Does Urban Meyer respect Cliff Kingsbury? We had over two hundred twenty-five votes in the That's past twenty votes. minutes. Ooh, ooh. 75% say no. 25% says yes. Did I win that? That's and some very animated comments in the responses that he he will, after this weekend, okay. he will by Sunday afternoon. So Cardinal fans shooting their shot that the Cardinals are going to take care of business on the road. I like that, man. I do. Hop in, man. I like it. I, I, look, Urban needs to be humbled. He does not need to be he humbled. He needs to be. He's look, being humbled Just because right he now. kissed you on the head and spanked your little butt when he was a little kid. <laughs> Means nothing to us in Cardinal Nation. Absolutely so, not. Urban, if you're watching, I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> All I know is we've got some. He needs, he needs to be humbled because Cheers, you, you can't show in? rings in the NFL if you have no rings, brother. Your college rings mean nothing here. <laughs> Kyler, look, let me tell you something. Cliff has more years, more tenure, and more success. You have none of that right now. So shut up. Oh, when, no. I, when I shake your hand, just. Acknowledge me and kiss my hand and tell me I'm greater Frank. than you and move on. <laughs> Urban, do your Urban part. How, <laughs> how dare you? All right, <laughs> Jacob, next segment. <laughs> we can't go yet? The All next right. segment is the mailbag, which again is you, Johnny. <laughs> yes. All these questions. Are <laughs> All right. So every week, Twitter.com, we ask you, Cardinal Nation, PHNX Cardinal Nation, what do you want to know about us, about the game? And uh, these are some of our favorites that we pulled today, beginning first with Cliff Kingsbury's hot seat representative. Uh, and I'll pose this to you first, Chirsten. Which defense is the one that shows up going forward? So I'm assuming he means week one, Tennessee, good. Week two, Minnesota, bad. Well, I, I certainly don't think we're going to see the same defense that we saw last week. I think they understand what they needed to fix. Uh, I think they're going up uh, against a different team for sure that um, is honestly not as good as Minnesota's team. And I, I think the guys, especially the guys up front, are, are hungry. I mean, J.J. Watt has not gotten a sack yet in the first two weeks. And I think that um, – I don't think that that's probably something that he wants. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, the defense is going to fix some issues and come out hungry again. So I, I think we're going to see a little bit – of a defense that's closer to week one than the week two. I see absolutely the same defense, 100%. As Minnesota? Or? Absolutely. Okay. Jacksonville presents problems. Their O-line is strong, and they do block extremely well. Jacksonville has players that can go out and make plays. They have them. They have young talent, and they have a lot of guys in skill position that could that could literally cause problems for us. They, When you watch, go back and watch the first part. I see my defense right now. I'm hoping that we make some adjustments and that we get somebody to step down and, the, and our defense starts looking like a 5-2 instead of a solid 3-4 or 4-3 where we can threaten to blitz more and then drop back. But I'm, I'm, I'm still sold that this team right here presents problems. And the only other reason why is because the quarterback really can run. He's a 4-4 guy, He's and he has all the throws, so he can create problems. He can scramble out of the pocket. And he can get up the field just as well as not as cute as Kyler, but it, it's 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 damn sure a possibility where he can create problems for her and and get himself out of situations where he's not getting sacked. All right, I now just be after you said that. Beep, 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 I am beep, hoping beep, beep. this is just saying breaking news. No, I yes breaking news. <laughs> I now hope that Trevor Lawrence spends the majority of the game on his back just because you said that because I think that they're going to bring the pressure and they're going to be closer to, to where they were. I like that. The I defense like that. has the large majority of the, the assets on this team mm -hmm. that they've invested in. Two first-round linebackers past two years, J.J. Watt. You know, the secondary's got a bunch of, you know, high-profile guys, Buda Baker. So I, I would be disappointed if we saw that kind of effort again, but not out of the realm of possibility. All right, next question. Can, excuse me, this is from Jared at PHXHXC. almost thought that was a, a PHNX at uh, Twitter. I was going that route. Uh, Jared asks, can this offense succeed at all if Kyler is limited to only throwing from the pocket? Jerson, what do you think? Well, I certainly think they can succeed, but 
you know, Kyler's a, dy- a dynamic quarterback, and that's what makes him so good. That's why he is a starting quarterback for the Cardinals and was drafted with the number one overall pick. Now, does he want to be more of a pocket passer? Yes, and he's certainly shown that he's capable of being that this year. But, you know, we, we've talked about his ability to run and then also to extend plays, scramble situations, you know, evade defenders. I mean, yes, but why would you want that? Kyler is so much more than just that. And that's why he was picked first overall. Absolutely, Frank. I will touch. I will touch bases on technique wise. That if if Kyler cannot run, <clears throat> excuse me, y'all. If he cannot run, but he's limited, then I'm gonna have to see the adjustments from Cliff Kingsbury. I'm gonna have to see him leave Matt Williams in. I'm gonna have to see him go from a four wide receiver set to a three receiver set. Bring a tight end. Maybe go double tights and then and add more to the line to protect guys. Put more emphasis on Connor, who's supposed who's supposed to be a beast of a running back, but maybe he can block because he can learn how to come in and actually protect the quarterback. If that's the case, you will, you will eliminate the blitzes and the stuff that has to happen, which would mean he can sit in the pocket a little bit more. But when you go four and five wide receivers, you open yourself up to a numbers game. Their six is more than our, our five. or And that becomes a problem sometimes when it comes to offense, offensive line and sometimes other teams are blitzing against us. If they protect him, if Cliff is willing to make those adjustments, then absolutely yes. I think he's running to throw this year. I think last year it was more eyes downfield. Maybe the first read wasn't open and he'd take off. Right. He, he, and you've seen it two weeks in a row, like 20, 25 refreshing Mm -hmm. yards. That's who he wants to be. He wants to be Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, uses athleticism when necessary, but stand in the pocket and, and throw darts. So I, I'm with you. Too. I still like what he, what he's able to do when the pocket breaks down. I mean, that to yeah. me, what we've seen in the first two weeks, that to me is the most exciting part uh, of what we've seen from him since mm-hmm. he's been, you know, an Arizona yeah. Cardinal. That bomb to Rondell Moore, both tackles whiffed on their edge rushers. He was forced outside. He could have taken off for 10 yards. He could have thrown underneath and he let it rip downfield. And so that just shows you his, his growth and development as a passer. So hopefully that's, I mean, that's going to be the difference this year. He can continue to do that. Great question. All right, next up, this is from Finn at Finn underscore Staples 32. When is Zach Allen going to show signs of development and an ability to consistently make his presence known in the interior? And I think this is the bigger question. In truth, that can be asked of all of our interior defensive linemen. So the defensive linemen, is one of the more disappointing units really since Calais Campbell left. Why is that, and what do they need to do to get better? Well, I think it's been a combination of players not staying healthy and players not living up to their expectations. Uh, in terms of Zach Allen, I think he has showed a lot of improvement. And, you know, just going off of camp, some of my early observations, um, especially with, with J.J. Watt, was there was one guy that he was – coaching up the most was most responsive toward was most excited for when he did something well. And that was Zach Allen. Mm -hmm. He's really taken him under his wing. Um, Zach worked really hard in the off season along with some other, um, you know, some of his other guys. And so I know for a fact that he has made strides. And one thing that's really going to get him there is just stay uh, you know, stay attached to J.J. Watt. Yeah. Continue to learn from him, do what he says. Uh, I think he was even, you know, asking him about, like, what he does in the offseason and working out and things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, as as much access as you can get to J.J. Watt, take full advantage of that, and he's going to get there. Statistically, when you bring, when you have two beasts on the outside, you would think they would double more on the outside. But that's how Chandler gets his sacks, mm-hmm. because they don't double on the outside. They're, they're, still, they're still having to press and push interior linemen, offensive linemen, are still having to come, you know, press and push from the inside and then push outside, hoping that we can get the ball out in enough time before Chandler Jones or J.J. Watts gets the sack. And that's that's our timing. So our interior linemen should receive the benefits of having two beasts in J.J. and C.J. That would be nice. We haven't seen that yet. So hopefully over the, over the course of the season, we'll see these guys have more one-on-one matchups and then they will be able to dominate. And if they can't, then that would be the exposure of our offensive line. There were huge holes line, me. in the Minnesota running game mm-hmm. on Sunday, and that was really alarming. And they run Minnesota that same zone concept mm-hmm. that the L.A. Rams do, that have given Vance Joseph fits. Same with Kyle Shanahan, San Francisco. I think what's difficult is 
you go from Antonio Smith and Darnell Dockett and Calais Campbell to this kind of, you know, lapse of talent. And they've tried over a number of off seasons. I mean, Jordan Phillips was supposed to be that guy, you know, TBD on, on JJ Watt, who's in his thirties now. I just, I go back to, you know, they liked Quinton Williams the year they took Kyler Murray. They liked Derek Brown who went right before mm-hmm. Isaiah Simmons. It's a position that they're going to continue to flood, but you're right. They don't have that quintessential, like premier defensive lineman, that disruptor that can pressure quarterbacks from the interior. And so hopefully it's one of the guys on the roster. Otherwise they're going to have to try again. So, yep. all right, last question. This comes from, this is a great uh, Twitter handle. K one slash Booker season at Fitzgerald underscore gold. Covered them all, didn't he? More of a valley <laughs> Twitter handle than that. He asks, "Are you concerned? <laughs> are you concerned with the massive contract Kyler's about to get, and how that potentially can limit the team in signing good talent to keep around him?" I'm not. I'm not. I think that there is a process in the NFL where every year you should you you'll see this every year the money continually goes up and TV revenues keep pushing it. So therefore, whatever the quarterback is making, and right now we're, we're on the precipice of that, they're making almost $42 million a year, averaging about 37 with the top 10 quarterbacks. And if you're a franchise quarterback, you're already in the 30, you're already 33 to $37 million. So that in itself has already been allocated money that's put aside for a quarterback in the NFL. And as the money keeps going, then you're, you're going to see that they still haven't stopped the process of being able to pay for two bookend wide receivers. The old line requires a certain amount of money. You have defensive end guys, cornerbacks. Those are typically where your big bucks, go, big bucks are going at. So it would be understood and accepted amongst the, the team, as well as um, the players that will come here or the players that will leave based upon the fact that they want to still play with uh, play with Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. And if you know you got an opportunity to win championships, they're still going to be here, or at least they don't have a chance to compete for championships. So I don't see it being that big of a deal. Yeah, I don't – if everything that you say happens and mm-hmm. if Kyler really makes a big step in this third year and is truly deserving of, a, you know, some sort of mega deal, I would say, you know, all of what you just said will yeah. happen and it shouldn't be a concern. And I always tend to, you know, go with, we'll cross that bridge when we get there yep. and just kind of see what the situation and the numbers are, you know, when we kind of get there, but I'm not worried about it. And hopefully he's deserved, like what I really want to see is, you know, him, him prove that he's worth that kind of money yeah. this year. Uh, I, I would agree. I think the ownership then becomes Steve Kime, whomever's the GM, has to draft and develop talent, cheap talent in the draft. And you've got to find more Rondell Moores that you're paying no money to. So you can allow Christian Kirk to hit the market. Because when that doesn't happen, then your roster's full of holes and it becomes Kyler Murray and just a bunch of average players, right? And you want to see him elevate those guys. But they have to do a better job drafting for, for them to be able to pay him. I mean, look, right now, via overthecap.com, his cap hit this year is $9 million. That's nothing. Josh Allen's cap hit, when it kicks That's in nothing. his right. extension, which <laughs> will probably nothing. be close to what Kyler gets, Kyler will probably get a little bit more because of inflation. Mm-hmm. His cap hit in two years is almost $40 million. Yep. That's that's what Kyler's going to be living in. Assuming that they have the season that they want to have, I still think Michael Bidwell is going to pay him generational wealth regardless of how the season goes because he is so special and they've never dra- drafted and developed a, a quarterback, a franchise quarterback, if you will, with all due respect to Jake Plummer. So I, I, I think 40, 45 million per season is what he's looking at. I would hope that you've got some sort of an effect and I'm drawing a comparison to, to the sun. So you've got a guy like Devin Booker mm-hmm. that Chris Paul wants to play with. Yeah. And now Chris Paul comes to Phoenix and they're like, okay, we we're, we're missing another piece. Hey, we're going to call up Jay Crowder. Jay, we think you're the last ingredient to this cake that we're baking right now here in Phoenix. And it's going to be something special. Yep. Okay. I'm taking my talents to Phoenix. Let's go do this. I would point. hope that there's a situation what are you laughing at? Because the situation you're hoping is it is to be hoped from where we're sitting at. When free agency hits the table and your money is on the t- on on the line, Cliff Kingsbury might not be here because of free agency. Once this contract's up, 
Somebody else. No, he, yeah. he'll be here. That's, oh, oh, get out of oh, here. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 Cliff will okay. take the Cardinals. I'm money. Just saying, there are given. other ways. There are other ways to deal with like the money situation where maybe, maybe you don't have to solely rely on guys that you're drafting. I mean, it's a mixture of guys that you're drafting and some veterans that will come in and say, I want to play for that team because I think we can win a championship. I agree with you until you realize that I, I the team I can play for a championship is I'm getting 17 million. But then I can go to a team you, that I'm not going to really play for you a championship. You have to emulate. I can get $22 million. So the divisional I'm out. comparison is, is Russell Wilson, who's making $40 plus million. Yes. And they drafted Tyler Lockett. And I think they're just now starting to pay him. And DK Metcalf's making no money. That's what you have to do. And then you can supplement players elsewhere. But that they, means- they cannot splurge in free agency. They probably got one more free agency period like they've had where they can go out and they can sign a J.J. Watt or trade for Chandler Jones, trade for DeAndre Hopkins, extend whomever, get an A.J. Green. They probably got one more left this spring, and then that's it. So you don't think there is a, a team in the, in the NFL that's got, okay, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? They got a Not bunch even? Of, that's, no, an out, no. that's an outlier No, I'm saying, but the, with, even the, look at the Tampa Buccaneers. They got a bunch of older players that they put together that's willing to take Brady. That's what I just but, said. No, but what you, you're saying it, but you're – that's the go. Brady also takes less money. I too. will leave this chair to go play with Tom. Brady. Kyler needs a Giselle and guy that in the league makes more, a European model. I'm out. See, he needs yes. a he needs a Booker, like or he needs yes. a is a Kendall Jenner who makes more money than Devin Booker. Giselle makes more money than Tom. We need to get Kyler hooked up with just like a, a European entrepreneur Don't that can do supplement it. his income do so he can make like only 15 million a year so they can sign players. He will never do it because the NFL and our collective bargaining agreement will not allow a first, a number one quarterback Correct. to take true. less than what he's worth. He's worth that much. Ryan Tannehill was in the league before he got his money. He sucked. I got 15 other guys I can name that was in the NFL before they got their money and they sucked. Nick Foles sucked for many years. And he's still getting paid. And he's still in the league like, I'm worthy of it. You ain't finished a season, mofo, so shut up. <laughs> I mean, that's, you ain't even started a season finishing. So that's the conversation we can have. When the money hits the table, we talked about the other day with Christian Kirk, and Christian Kirk might not even be here because of the money on the table. Are you going to still gone. play D-Hops? D-Hops contract's only going to escalate. Every year in the NFL, no matter what your contract says, you're supposed to get t- a 10% plus increase. It doesn't change. You go from a one million, the next year you got to get a million one, million ten, or a million one point one. Well, all, and, it, and then it, but it's never one point one. It goes up to like one point. It goes to two point nine. That's why and this that's season's so important. Then it is important. This for these season guys to probably take next of this season right now. because you have a window where you can win a Super Bowl, and that's what the Kansas City Chiefs have done with yep. Patrick Mahomes. I, the Cardinals need to. They're trying to follow that blueprint. That's why JJ Watt's here. And that's why it's disappointing when he doesn't do anything the first two weeks. You're paying him big money. Kyler Murray's making $9 million. Kyler Murray, who's going to be in the running for MVP this season, should have been back-to-back Offensive Player of the Week in the NFC, $9 million. I'm going to slide this little conversation in. I don't care if J.J. Watts doesn't get a sack at all. You're paying $19 million to get double-teamed, suck it up. Now, You're paying him $19 million. If he's getting double-teamed, that means everybody else gets to do Everybody else is flying free. Chandler so Jones was getting have, sacks before J.J. But, Watt came I'm saying, in. but he was getting it with. Then they can't be that poor defensively against the run then. That's fine, and I, they, it flew in week one because they shut down well, Tennessee's I mean, offense. We still got young linebackers. So, I mean, again, Minnesota's pretty J- J- Jordan pretty Hicks bad. played every snap last I week. Agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. I can't argue with you on that. Can't, facts. They got to be better. You we got both agree. They got to be better defensively. Right. Not good Johnny enough. Johnny is right. Not good enough. <laughs> All right, before we get out of here, I want to tell you guys about a deal we've got going on for our members in honor of the Cardinals getting off to a 2-0 start. We are celebrating by giving PHNX members 20% off of all Cardinals gear. You see two of our awesome Cardinals-themed T-shirts, which Johnny and I were talking about before the show. We absolutely love them. And uh, if you become a member, you're also going to get access to exclusive content on our website, all of Johnny's wonderful articles, um, access to our members-only Discord. Um, and then one more note, if you're not fo- – why would you not be subscribed and followed to us by now? What are you doing? What the know. hell is going on? Hello. <laughs> uh, but we, we stream on YouTube, so subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts, and then follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, PHNX underscore sports and uh, we'll see you Friday.